Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. We're in Stratford-upon-Avon. I don't know where Zach is. He's over there somewhere. What are you doing? Um, I'm, like, almost upon Avon. And you know how people sell out. Well, we're... we're the bard came from, and we were going to open a bakery called Rosencrantz and Gilderson or Bread, but Aye. I decided I got tired of the dough we were making, so I went on the loaf and quit. But I wanted uh, to talk theater and some other things. Who comes going by in hey, a costume? Hey, Patrick White, oh, a well-known actor and, of Rochester. And at East, you're trying to make a joke. Oh, wow. I tried <laughs> this. This is a... Welcome to the welcome yeah, to hell. We'll be your guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we <laughs> grabbed you here. Your experience. But can you say just a little about yourself and your theater background. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I uh, went to school for theater. My, my parents are very proud, um, and I've been uh, in the local Rochester, uh, New York. That's a place that I live in. We're a thing. Yeah, uh, and I've been doing community theater uh, for more years than I can count at this point. I've I've been on a little bit of a kind of self-imposed hiatus for a little while due to some stuff but uh i am uh, i am very proud of the community that we have and of more talent pound for pound i'll put it against any other city on this uh your pound of flesh yes our pound of flesh oh i would speak to that and we've done this before on the carnival but we have some amazing talent here i think we really do rochester's one of those cities that i think tends to get overlooked because it's not new york it's not chicago it's not la there's a point I'm going to make about that, actually. Vicky from Fox 45, I was out with her the other night, and she said, thing about Rochester, she feels it's a place for opportunity to start things. Because it's smaller a little bit, you can get the focus. and So you do have some ag- really good talent. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say it's a, it's a, it's a medium-sized city. You know, we're parked in between, you know, Buffalo and Syracuse, which... You know, I I don't I I've I've seen what they produce and they produce good stuff and not any better or worse than what we do here. Bill Kirch in the the Rock Billy Diesel Billy right? He told the the high rises one time, he said they left them slack jawed and trout ball. That they said they wrote a song about. But he said, everybody in Rochester, you don't you don't realize when you go other places, people don't have bands like. I've had people move to Georgia, other places. Say, Rob, when we were in Rochester, I could do something every night with theater, music. Yeah. Down here, I drink. <laughs> well, and that's another thing about a medium-sized city. There's a lot. There's pro, there could be the same number of venues, but not as many people reaching out to fill them. Yeah. Whereas you go down to a big city, Nashville or Atlanta, there's the same number of venues, but six times the amount of people that are vying for space. In now, there. I played in my sixth grade play. I played Uncle Bunny Rabbit. That's the extent of my thing, and I did a little Hamlet and high oh, school. That's and good. But I played Uncle Bunny Rabbit. One. And that's my extent, but why acting? What got you into this? Olivier's Uncle Bunny Rabbit is is hard to match, but I heard you were close. So, um, but uh, that's why acting? Why acting? Um, because I I have a I have a big mouth. Um, I I like to uh, I I love attention. Um, I didn't get enough when I was a child. Uh, I don't know. That's the usual reasons I think that people. It's interesting you say that too. No, no, no. It's interesting. <laughs> no, it's I've true. Also I mean, it's, it's because kind of true. it's almost like the. I've heard that, and I've also heard the contradiction where you'll get somebody who's, you'll see them on stage, you go, wow, that person's got to be right. They're very, very shy, but it's almost like that's like our, our friend Tommy, who does music, he plays characters mm-hmm. in his bands because he's a great guy if you know him, but otherwise he sort of has social anxiety. So it's almost the opposite. Yeah, I'm, I'm really am closer to that. I, uh, I, I'm the kind of person, you know, like I can get up on, I have, I have no problem getting up on stage if I have a character to hide behind. 
But if I have to go up on stage and be myself, like I'm announcing, like I used to do, if I did curtain speeches for stuff I was producing, uh, people will tell you, and Rob, you might have seen one or two, they're terrible, because I, I just have a tendency to ramble and uh, just want to get off stage. Oh, great. We have you on the show. <laughs> well, well yeah. but I, I'm hiding behind the, the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so we got to go. Um, yeah. And on that note. Well, I'm bad like that, too. Public speaking's tough. It's the scary. Yeah, it's scarier than any. It's the. I guess it's. It's said it's the number one fear. I I have heard and that. I, I get it, but I you know who knows if that's true or not. They say a lot of things. They they, they will talk. But that, that, but that's always a question I ask. Who the hell are they? Uh, yeah, I ask that question every day. Okay, like, well, that's what they, you. That's what they get, said. Well, who's they? If I could get they in a headlock, I, mean, I know you've done answer. lots, and he's a favorite of mine as well. Who doesn't love Shakespeare? And how did you really find him, get into him? You seem to you have a bit of a passion for him. It would seem like I do. Um, and the, the truth behind it was, I mean, I was, I was terrified of Shakespeare when I was, when I was in school. And I didn't do a lot of it because, you know, it was a whole thing. Oh, they, they talk differently and, and everybody, you know, people either know it or they don't. You know, and, and, and really the, the, the Shakespeare group in town, the Shakespeare players, was was something I could get into. I had friends that were doing it, so when I just auditioned and and I and I worked up from being you know three line bit characters to having a couple of you know juicy parts and and you uh, like guy in corner drinking coffee. No, he, yeah, he, he he was evening guard. Who goeth there? Basically, yeah. I mean, I, I like, good uh, job. Here's your three dollars. Yeah, and and sometimes you go back to that too. And you and another thing I tell people is just because you've gotten some good parts doesn't mean occasionally you're not going to have to stand in the back and you know play five people carrying uh you know carrying beers and and pikes and stuff and that's fine but uh you know i have a mixed feeling about that in terms of growing up reading it because for me a lot of so-called great literature i didn't appreciate it when i was in my teens or anything it was when i got older i tell people you shouldn't read for example t.s Eliot's the wasteland or ulysses till you're 30 or 40 or ever because you're never gonna Let, understand it but for shakespeare there's a mix you have to understand it and they have these editions out now with modern language but i think you you lose the beauty of the words I, I find those, and, and I, I've, I've different... But you have to understand it, yeah, though, too, I, obviously. I find those are, are nice to help. Uh, uh, those are great, like, I find them as great, like, note-taking tools when you're really just going through a script. Because there are, you know, and there are things that... There are some references in some Shakespeare that's so arcane that people fight over what it really means. Well, exactly, because it was written for a specific period of time... Yeah. Probably not much of which still exists in this I can remember era. this. Yeah. I played Hamlet in my high school class, and we just read it. I played the character. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing yeah, the to be or not to be, or Stallone would do it, to be or not to be or what? To so, be or 063. So I'm doing it, it's like, and if it had gone, not turned it. Had I, I was to, waiting for, for an oh, opening to do that joke. That I is, thought about I'm going to steal the... Had God, had God not do. turned his can against self-slaughter, and the teacher would ask after I read various passages, now, what does he mean? Everybody would be blank, and I'm saying, well, he wants to commit suicide, but it's against God. But people didn't get it. And that's the thing. If you don't get it, yeah. and I think you have to be older then, so. And well, I, it's, it's the other thing, too, is when you hear people they, they say, well, you know, they talk in Old English. And I say, well, can you understand it? Well, yeah, then it's not Old English. Yeah. That's a different language. Right. I mean, it's I. It's modern English. It's just. When I, it's just 
uh, antiquated English. It's, yeah, it's a, a poetic style, and it's a, you know, and it's it, yeah, it's like, it's modern English. They use words you understand. Yeah, and I think there's so much. I mean, I think he's taken a lot from Ovid. From for a lot of you read Ovid, you know he loved Ovid. I I used to tell people that Shakespeare is one of the greatest writers of Ovid fanfic you'll ever find. <laughs> That's true, Ovid, because I I read Metamorphoses. It became one of my favorite books, and I'm looking. Well, I know who read this book. He referenced it in Titus Andronicus. Yeah. He references it like, oh, give me my copy of Ovid. I'm like, yeah, so we can read the rest of the story because yeah. it's already in there. And he, and he basically says, it's just like this thing that happens in Ovid. Kind of and like he's going better. You forget on about a lot of people don't realize how much historical fiction he's done. And you find out. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ones we know, Julius Caesar, obviously, right. Richard the Kings. But some like there was a Macbeth fan. There were Macbeths for real. Yeah, Macbeth, there was a there was a Cor- real Macbeth. Coriolanus. Yeah, or, these are all. And actually, he, he would take poetic license with time the in characters. Athens. Well, when the clocks strike and everything, Julius Caesar. Yeah, I took a stab at that play once. I didn't do very well. No, took several stabs in the back. <laughs> hey. Like oh, we're really going uh, down yeah, today. Getting, this is going. But this is going Titus down. is one of his nastier plays. Titus is fun. Titus, you have. Yeah, to, I know. I saw. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky enough to, to, to finally do that, and, uh, and we, pl- and I feel like the, the one thing you do, people have a tendency when they approach that play because it's, it's insane and bloody, and, uh, and, and, and ridiculous in a lot of ways. Don't play it as a dark. If you don't, you can you can play it as a dark comedy, and that's fine. But it's way better if you play it completely straight. I wonder how the Julie Tamer one is now on Broadway. This one they're doing. Oh, I don't know. I was at the. Uh, she did the. I know the. I, I saw the movie. I did like the was... adaptation with Anthony Hopkins and Jessica Lang. Oh, dear. Who, Jessica yeah. owes her name to Shakespeare because he invented the name for the Merchant of Venice. Lang. True story. Really? Jessica. Oh, Jessica. Jessica. So that's Jessica? what they really. Get. Oh, wow. Right. So he I invented the that. name Jessica. So Jessica I found it on the bottom of a Snapple bottle. <laughs> So that could That's have been true. It, might be true. <laughs> it probably is. It's on the I bottom mean, of a Snapple bottle. Right. It's why would Snapple lie to us? Yes. Exactly. It's as true as the president. <laughs> Maybe a little more. <laughs> I mean, it's true that he's the president. Nah, we don't say that. that. We don't want people no. tune us out. I just, nope. This is to be fun. What, what character? Okay, we can do a little politics Bring like that. Bring it back. No, no, this will be fun. I, I, I know you guys one are. One political I, I, thing. Don't get me started. No, one political thing we'll do. Okay, one thing you can have fun with this. If Donald Trump was going to play a Shakespearean character, who would it be? And who would read the lines oh, for him? Oh, God. Wow, that's a good question. Richard III? Um, no, Richard III, Richard III was very smart. No, he was. Uh, and, well, okay, so Richard III, the actual Richard III, you know, yeah. historically speaking, seemed yeah. to be a very good guy. Yeah, he, he was. Loved he should have made him. It's like he Bern- really got screwed It's like over. Bernard Cornwall makes a lot of guys bad guys in his books because you, you need a bad guy. Well, that's just, you oh, that, need and a And the Tudors were in charge. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't write an anti... You couldn't yeah. say that uh, Henry Tudor was a... <laughs> you know, notice that, that Henry the... Uh, that, uh, or Henry the... Henry the <laughs> which Henry is he? Oh, my God. Which one? No, uh, Henry Tudor. Say Henry Tudor. Uh, yeah. Third, fourth. <laughs> he does not get a play of his own. You mean the eighth? The Henry Henry the seventh. No, they never did a Henry the eighth play. Like, no, he no, did. Henry the no, yeah, there is a Henry the oh, yeah, there is a Henry yeah. the eighth. That's right. Um, another one that's that's takes huge, I believe, huge well, tips from reality. He does sequels too. He does like part but one. Henry Tudor does not get his own play. He's only he's only Richmond. And the end he's the hero of Richard the Third, who shows up in Act Five, basically. Uh, and because he was king very briefly and basically stole his reign, there was nothing nice to say about the guy who founded the Tudor dynasty. So there's no play on him. 
<laughs> you know? There's nothing, there was nothing nice to could say. It was horrible. Well, you only started the dynasty. You're not deservant of a play. Well, one of the well, beauties, and I'll tell future people out there, take somebody to Titus Andronicus who might know Shakespeare but has never seen They oh, get their God. reaction because it happened to me. Because <laughs> I, I remember her saying to me, wow, this is really... And I was like, so, I knew it because I'd read the play. Uh, yeah, he start. Yeah, yeah. Like, Don't have any snacks at intermission. It's uh, yeah. I I I I I was lucky enough to get to play Titus, and he, you know, lucky. He, <laughs> yeah, that's a he, word for he it. He murders. He murders. You know, one of his sons in the, in the in the you know he murders one of his sons in the first scene of the play and kills his daughter in the last scene of the play. Seems and right. A lot of people in between. And the thing is, there's a thing about Lawrence Olivier when he cut off his hand in the one play, and he's kissing his hand, and it looks like he's acting, but he's really listening. How'd you do the thing with the hand? This oh, that was a trade it, secret. Oh no, it was it was literally just uh, yeah. I just I just was behind a box, and I I pulled my hand into my. It was just very you know. I pulled my hand into my sleeve, made a loud noise. It's you know the magician's distraction things. You're you're seeing this this knife come down. You're hearing me scream, and you're seeing you know. If you're if you're in a really bad place, you might see me pull my hand back. But uh, and who decided sort of because there's a little twisting of time things in it because you do use guns. Yeah, we um. We wanted to evoke a uh, a, a kind of uh, Nazis versus punks kind of feel to it. it was Nazis like, must die. Yeah, it was like it was like uh, uh, it was like yeah, it was like uh, fascists versus versus goth punks was well, kind of the remember in the movie Alan time. Cummings doing broadcasting though it's almost like the same thing where they oh, do yeah. that it, leap of it was no, it's no particular it's a it's a modernish no particular time set I will try to explain it for you if you've never seen it a general's coming back oh from no the I saw war. the Anthony Hopkins one okay he's yeah. coming back he gets a, basically a tricked yep. his daughter gets raped they cut her tongue out and take her hands so she can't confess so she has to draw who they get held horribly the kids become quite the to get their just desserts, so to speak, not yes. spoil it. <laughs> Spoiler alert for this four hundred plus year old yeah. work. Yeah, get get out and get out and find that movie. Read a book. People Read call it his worst play, but I, I actually, in my own perverse way, enjoy not, it. Not well, remotely his worst play. I think they they call it the worst play because it's the his probably his most unique play. It's it's also it was also very you know the, the kind of grim. Uh, gratuitous violence was it was a thing at the time it was almost like okay well i gotta make my splatter movie because that's what's playing well and essentially you know you can't you know bastardize it and make shitty movies like shakespeare in love when you have everybody dying every five minutes no but one of the ones i really enjoyed was measure for measure when you met that I, I really thought how they took measure for measure. They made it into a speakeasy at the beginning. They're singing songs and doing it. That I really fun. and I enjoyed the play because it really I think is a very good commentary on the modern world too. About basically the people who are so moral are full of shit. You can yeah. swear on here, don't. Oh, okay, good. And, I yeah. click that button. We're okay. And you could and they're full. Of, they're basically full of it and people and they're hypocrites. But I always loved. I think that message really holds true. And people don't know they play as much either. And it's and it's you know it was just on the cusp of the Me Too era, which would have been it would have we would have had a whole other you know, kind of modern topical subtext too, you know, is it this guy who is using his power to, you know, to 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 basically get a woman to to, to screw him, you know, it just like. And I think that's a fascinating thing about Shakespeare is that something so old can be molded to the modern era. I, well, how did relatively came up with easily. The, who came up with the do it at that time period? Um, that was that was uh, Judy Mulner who directed it. Um, and uh, it was it was a really cool idea. I loved it. I and loved... it worked really well. But I and I also I love I love um, 
like immersive theater uh, when you say, okay, we're all in this place and, uh, and then the action is happening within it. And, and, you know, we had, you know, we had people, you know, we had people dressed up serving drinks and, and whatnot. Well, so. Marcy, I have to, you know, the little secret, Marcy sometimes not secure about her singing voice. And I remember <laughs> at the beginning, they're singing, they're doing the speakeasy. Like, well, Marcy's not a lip syncing, she's singing. Yeah, no, she did. And, and she, you know, she, everybody, everybody has their thing, uh, that you know she's she's an amazing actress and and I think she's I th- I think her singing voice is is great but you know it's what you have confidence in what you don't what you're used to doing and what you don't you know and it's the, it's the same thing I have like I sing I haven't s- sung in a lot of shows but I sing you know outside of stuff so when I'm singing in a show uh, yeah I, I I forget words I, you know I I lose my place oh I won't say a friend of mine saying dreams at a show I saw and being Mr. Anal with music she goofed up a verse and I just let it go with it. it's fine yeah it, it's, it's like one of those shows when they did the Springsteen thing when Mario did one I told Marcy afterward by the way they and I was like I'm being really anal I think anal lieutenant has a hyphen in this case but that's the other thing too like with Shakespeare a lot of times too you know it's like you really gotta, you really gotta get those lines down because there will be people out there who know it. You know, not a lot, but there will be people out there who'll know it and will know when you mess something up. Well, they always say. I remember, I guess, the band Rush. They were doing Temple of Syrinx, the song, and they would say, "We are the plumbers who come to clean your sinks." And Getty, <laughs> Getty would say there'd be the hardcore fans who heard him like, "Don't even sing it if you're not doing it right." Oh. But this, how do you memorize this stuff? They, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, I always Neil, remember because I always say that I can't remember when I come in here keep the notes. How do you remember. memorize yeah. all your lines? Uh, I, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's just everybody has a different technique that they use. Me, it's just drilling and drilling and drilling, and you have to just you have to you have to take time out of your day to sit with the book, have no distractions. You ever um, do it in public, though, when people wonder, what's this guy on? Because you're going around quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, I, 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 I tend not to do that. Just because, well, if I'm in a public place, it's just, I'll, it's too many, I'm easily distracted. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll go, yeah. you know, it's just like I have to be, I have to have every, like, every room with no TVs, no nothing. Just do it. And, and with Titus, that was, I had a lot of lines to learn in a very short time. So, uh, and, and, and one would argue that I was still learning towards the end of the season. I I thought it was very good. Um, But, uh, it, and it's hard, you know, professional actors get, you know, rehearsal day. They'll, they'll be rehearsing every day. And remember too, if you're in a movie, they could say cut. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't even, I mean, memorizing a line for a movie movie is. There's a big difference between (laughs) some, some are blended. Some are very good actors, but there's a big difference between film actors and stage actors in terms of talent, I think sometimes sometimes they'll seep through. They've had some very good, yeah. But otherwise, you just get people who look good or make nice, and they stink. Well, if they yeah, and if they have no Keanu Reeves, probably nice guy, but come on. I, I don't know. You know, there's another one. Keanu Reeves historically like is a guy who who has been getting, you know, crapped on his entire career, though still makes movies, and then all of a sudden like. With John Wick, everybody's like, everybody's just like, no, no, this is what this is what he's going to do forever, and everybody loves it. Well, I'll do um, my, I'll do my, th- whoa, yeah, dude, exactly. yeah. But it seems like, it but he seem is like a, a nice, bad man. No, he is a good, he is a good human. He being. just doesn't seem like he has any talent. Though. Well, there's a lot of people that have those weird golden statues in their house. That don't have Did you realize if you watch him, if you watch him drilling for, I think John Wick two, he was on a course. Um, where he had, you know, jump over a thing, jump through a window, 
pick up a automatic weapon, you know, uh, you know, cock it, fired a bunch of targets, flip over a thing, and he does this in like, and it's the most amazing. It's just like special forces trained looking thing. Well. And, Zach, and no talking, but... Yeah, just Zach would consider Daniel Day-Lewis the best modern actor. I do. And they said for the movie The Boxer, they said people said well, he I was, was... I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and people that know Joe Rogan is uh, has a very extensive martial arts yeah, background. Yeah, he's an MMA guy. Yeah. And he said that Daniel Day-Lewis in The Boxer was like looking at an actual boxer. He said I, it wasn't an actor playing a boxer; it was a boxer. Like he trained that hard. Yeah, well, he's one of those guys that he has he has to do it a hundred percent himself. Oh, well, he said there's two guys you know. that leaped out of him like that: him and Denzel Washington. In uh, what the hell was the uh, the Hurricane? I think it was the Hurricane. Malcolm but, X. No, no, no. Uh, the boxing. The bo- Yeah, well, that oh, was the Hurricane. The hurricane. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was said, a boxer. Yeah. He said Denzel and Daniel Day Lewis looked like they could beat your ass. Yeah, well, we shall could. see down the line because I told Marcy to promise that she's going to play me if they ever do a movie on me. So we'll see if we, she can pull it off. <laughs> I, you know uh, what? I could see it. Yeah, I could see I it. I too, MJ. Hey, you know, she's a chameleon. Start eating some cake right now. Latter day Rob is much yeah. more But Zach had a, an interesting thing about there are a lot of actors with Shakespeare and backgrounds yeah. in movies you don't realize. That's, and oh, yeah. the, the prime example of that to me is uh, Robert Englund. Yeah. For those of you who are blanking on that name, Robert Englund, most famous for playing Freddy Krueger and being in a lot of, what, C-grade schlock horror movies. Yeah. However, is a trained Shakespearean actor. And you can see he is a good actor. It's mm-hmm. just... He's you also know, also the guy, I get, you know... The, but he's the Freddy Krueger. Apocryphal story. I think it's a true story about him, you know, buddies with Mark Hamill and said, hey, there's this movie you should read for. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I, William Marshall who played Blackula. He's yeah, Blackula. A, you can just tell by the voice that you can oh, God, tell. Yeah, yeah. Train because he has that projection. That's to me when I saw people would ask me about Star Trek and Star Trek the Next Generation, Shatner and John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart, and I said the guy's voice, and because I mean he's well, a Shakespearean actor. I mean the voice, the projection, Sir Pat, Sir both of them. Yeah, they both, both are. But yeah. uh, uh, William Shatner was 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 he was a Shakespearean. He was a Stratford guy. He was. Basically, the most renowned Shakespeare, North American Shakespearean yeah. actor of his. That's day. why he says he does a lot of the emoting because he's yeah. used to the stage. Well, so. yeah, and you have to for stage. You have to really yeah. over emote. It was like in old silent movies when you couldn't rely on your voice. You, and you have to. to yeah, he was they like have to hear, they have to hear you in the yeah. back rows. Right. Oh yeah. Obviously, but for you too, do you most challenging part so far for Shakespeare? Anything? Uh, most challenge? Oh wow. Um, uh, I think they're all pretty tough in their own ways. Um, I, I played Lear when I was 35, um, which is which that was probably the most challenging just because uh, it's it's the role that people close their careers out with and not necessarily start their careers with. But um, I was you know doing it outdoors and the audience was very far away, so you know. Was it the Shakespeare? In the it was park? at the yeah. It was at the uh, the Highland Bowl. That was probably the most challenging just because. Um, it's, it's a mindset that's tough to get into when you're still a young guy. Um, I looked at young guy, never, never been a father, never, you know, had to deal with a, a legacy that I wanted to pass on and things like that. But just the, uh, you know, going insane, you know, it was, it's a, that's a, that's a real roller coaster. And the thing about that, you're right, Surian McCall and Lawrence Livre, I remember Olivier did it when he was almost 80. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things, Daniel, I'm going to top sure. my career by playing Lear, which is considered some, I think the most lines. 
Yeah, it's like the icing no. on the cake. Uh, no. It's, it's yeah. actually really not. Hamlet is the most. Hamlet is the most lines. Hamlet is the most like actual dialogue. Lear, surprisingly enough, is not in as much of Lear as you think he is. Um, but there's just something about the role. It's the role. And I mean, they always the say it's one of the most beautiful, but one of the simplest. It's one of the greatest plays ever. But all they say is he died. There's no big death. No, thing yeah. Just, it, it, well, because you know he 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 starts as kind of an awful guy, and he he has to learn. He has to learn, basically, you know, after being this ruler, he has to kind of learn to be a human being. And by the end of the play, he's dealing with the, his his biggest, you know, the biggest regrets he ever had. He's holding his, his youngest daughter, who he really, really screwed over, and holding her dead body, and it's all his fault. And, uh, you know, and it, it just, you have to go to this really, really dark place and then just die. You know, just like, just ball your eyes out and then die. This is one of the off, but I just actually watched Orson Welles Otello. Yeah, and that was interesting. Yeah. How do you feel though? Like I have yeah, this thing now; these he, guys he playing in blackface too man. now. I know um, actually Olivier did it too. Well, and that was it was it was the, everyone did it, and, yeah. and everyone did that, and it, it does not you know. I don't think they meant anything. It doesn't. I don't think it's as horrible as doing these like these jackasses. Well, no, it, it doesn't have the same social connotation now as it did or then but as still, it does now. It's sort of. I I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to open that up to no. general commentary. Uh, it's a thing that happened. It, on, it made internet. me think about that because I'm looking at this going, wait a second, you know, I can't. They, you know, Denzel Washington would be perfect for that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, he would you know, be. I, uh, because that man can act. Denzel, I, I, yeah, Denzel is Denzel. De, everybody, but everybody has everybody has their kind. Like Denzel also knows, like he knows his the, lane. He's as a an actor. smart actor. Yeah, in addition to a parts, good actor, he picks really right. good. He saw fences and he did yeah. very good. And job. actually, I think um, Daniel Day Lewis is exactly the same, which is why he did his retirement the first time and I, went to make shoes in Italy and then sure. came back because he found a role that spoke But then there's also some actors, there's some actors, they don't have a lot of talent, but they know what they're good at and they yeah. stick to that stuff. I, w- I would really love to know what's in, what's actually inside Daniel Day-Lewis's you know what it, you know what it is? I, I feel like... It's probably very boring. I w- because if most actors are the opposites of what they portray, he's probably like real boring. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I've never been a big no offense, method guy myself, but that yeah. whole, like, it's like... You know, it's the Olivier uh, talking to talking out Dustin Hoffman on the set of Marathon Man. You know, it's like a yeah. try, try, try acting, acting boy. Yeah, yeah, it's so much easier. <laughs> yes. yeah. I remember that I've but, used that. But then again, you know, you look at some of that old you hear these old stories Olivier of some stuff films too. Bit, you hear some of those things where they didn't get along on set because somebody stayed in character and they were a real jerk or something. Yeah, I, I I understand why why people who are playing difficult roles feel they need to stay or or stay in character want to stay in character because you know some some characters are very hard. It's such an antithesis to yourself, also, but it's I very hard to pull right. up. It conjures. Gene Wilder but, said at one time, like for example, uh, if he had to hit a woman, so I couldn't play. I couldn't see playing a rapist because I just couldn't do it. Even I know it's not real, right? Right. I just couldn't feel comfortable doing something like that. Yeah, everybody has their limit. People won't, you know. People won't. Yeah, it's just like I, I've, I've, you know, I've had to, I've had to play some roles and done some pretty despicable things. But yeah, I don't know. I've never, I, I haven't yet reached a line that I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, I wouldn't want sure to do Ned. There. I wouldn't want to do Ned Beatty's senior deliverance. Well, yeah, you know that. <laughs> 
It's a shit. Like that movie, everybody remembers that bit, but they don't remember the rest of it. No, I've read the book. And, yeah. And they don't remember that the movie was just kind of a movie. But you're yeah. going to go through like, life when you do that scene. That's all you're going to hear. Right. But at the same time. Don't, apparently, don't, 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 uh, don't ask Ned Beatty about that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, it it's like don't ask Ed Harris about uh, the abyss. The abyss, because that's when he punched out James Cameron. <laughs> Not slanderous, <laughs> documented. Do you have, do you have anything like a dream? The, a dream the stuff role? Yeah. they got put through a lot. Yeah. That's what I mean. He walked up because I can't remember who the co-star was, but she almost drowned. Mary and yeah. Master Tony. Well, that stuff. Yeah, yeah that he walked, they put him in yeah. was real. Yeah, and he walked up and just punched Cameron right in the face and knocked him out. I, I do have I have an issue with the idea of the of the director who puts an actor through hell, um, uh, Kubrick, uh, Friedkin, yeah. those I guys. Say Kubrick uh, was Tarantino. Yeah. I, I I think that is, I I'll go out. It's patent bullshit. Um, if, if first of all, if you have an actor who who can't act like they're in jeopardy by being an unless they're an actual mortal jeopardy, one you should not have cast that actor because right. they can't do it. And 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 if you need to to torture them to get a good role out of them, you should not be directing them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about someone. pulling the whip out before we started this with you. Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. I no, I requested. I the never whip. did that, yeah. right? Yeah. I never did that. No, but Zach knows about the whip. One thing I was. Well, yeah. But no, uh, you know, don't forget, Kubrick did meet his match on one of his movies, in the form of Arlie Army. Yeah. Arlie yeah. got away with everything that Kubrick hated. One take. No script, mm-hmm. screamed at him. Yep. I the, the famous incident when uh, Kubrick asked him something and he screamed, "You will stand on your feet when you speak to me." And he got up and like snapped a salute to him before he realized what the hell he was doing. Yeah, because well, at the heart of it, you know, Kubrick is just this kind of you know, uh, kind of slovenly, nebbishy, you know, New York guy. And well, you realize he's a... actually seriously well, I mean, related to no, him in a way. On the other side really... of my family, there's a distant cousin to the Kubricks. Yeah, and. I, I made a trade. I <laughs> traded the rights to one of my cousins and a case of beer to claim that I'm Kubrick's cousin. That, so it's in tracks. the bloodline on the other side, that, but I, I swapped a cousin. Plus, a, I heard he had a thing where that you sounds, would make, that you, sounds, that sounds he like would make you do like 120 takes. Yeah, he was notorious oh, yeah, no, yeah, for the would, multiple takes. Would. But like I said, Arlie, maybe two. That's yeah. it. Well, yeah. And, he, and, and then he let him alone. And, and, you know, according to everyone, they, they, had, they, had, um, they had worked on his dialogue ahead of time together yeah. to decide what he was going to say but then he had to just keep doing it and keep you know it, 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 yeah and but i also think that if you're looking just purely between a guy like this a human being like stanley kubrick and a human being like arlie ermy i mean you got this two hardened you know you marine type a personalities that are going to clash but then you look at the physical types and you you just have to boil it down to that we're like yeah. this guy will kick the shit out of yeah. me like he, he would have he would have beaten him with his own director's well, you've done, chair. You've done other things besides Shakespeare. I know that. Oh yeah, no, I've I've, yeah, I've seen I've, a bunch of I've done, um, I Yeah, the the last non-Shakespeare thing I did was a play called The Whale, which is a, a relatively new new uh, new play, which I was very happy to do um, for uh, um, for um, Out of Pocket Productions, which is a company I can't say enough good things about. Oh, I can't either. I know they. they uh, yeah, I, I love them. Um, so much and uh, they they consistently put on really good stuff stuff you don't see anywhere else and they you know and their proceeds you know go to different charities uh, which is great I mean it's yeah it's 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 good on so many levels it's good artistically they're good you know uh, philanthropically that's what uh, I gotta say about they they do a lot with very little so many of the people I know you do challenging work you don't just do 
It's not the local production from it's something. Yeah, the materials like damn. Do you see Yankee? You see? Do you see Yankee Tavern? Yeah. Holy I tend to try mackerel. to get to most of things. Yeah, holy mackerel. Yeah, that's that's one of the... It's just like you... Th- at the beginning, you think... Is Kate Aaron oh, involved in that one? I forget. Kate Aaron Howard. Is he in there? I, oh, I get them mixed up. I get them um, mixed yeah, up Yeah, no, no, she wasn't She wasn't involved oh. in that one. Um, there's so many of them. There's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of... Yeah, I know. There's a, and there's... And, and ABC. I honestly... Yeah, I didn't know really anyone in that show except for John Yeager. Everybody else was, yeah. were people... I do fun, familiar faces to me. Um, but they were great. And it's one of those plays that start, you know, it starts out as this, oh, this is kind of going to be a funny social commentary about conspiracy theories and 9-11. You get to the end of the movie, like, holy mackerel, this got dark and intense really quickly. And I, 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 th- I thought that was real. I really liked that. Yeah, um, that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's the, the amazing. Do you have any roles for Shakespeare you'd like to play that you haven't? Uh, yeah. Um, Listen, I, I would love like, to play, I would love to play uh, Macbeth. I would, <laughs> I would love to play. Um, uh, I, I, I would say I would love to play Hamlet. I would his love to try had, to play Hamlet. His wife had a problem though with the dog because Spot wouldn't go out. Like, yeah, I know. No, out, out. Damn you! Now, did yeah. you see the MJ one when she did Hamlet? Yeah, I was. I was. I was were you there when we were I, there? I, I've been. I've been in a. I've been in a. Uh, let's see. I've, I've been in. I've been in like five i think productions of hamlet yeah. in some capacity or another um yeah no she's and i i i was i was she's played hamlet a couple of times actually yep. the first time uh she did it was over at new life many yep. years ago yep. and i played uh the ghost the grave digger the first player uh the butcher the baker the candlestick maker I have played Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Rosenstern and Guildenstern and Guildenstern and Guildenstern and Rosenstein, uh, attorneys at law. And I, uh, oh boy, I've, yeah, I think I we're like a third of the male characters in Hamlet at this point. And then I said, there's only t- I will only ever be involved in the show again on stage if I play Hamlet or get to direct it. You know, there's because it's not out of like a of an ego thing. It's just a, like those are the only things that would attract to me at this I think, point. Because I the one at the Lyric Theater, I thought Alexis did a really good job as Ophelia. Everybody's good. And I thought MJ did a great job. And I was talking to MJ afterwards, saying the way you all these years, you could still interpret this as so many ways. And the way I looked at the way you played it was, was he insane or was he playing insane? That's yeah. That's that's I think the biggest the question. And that she said, asked. Ah, do we? Yeah, I said, well, any, I don't know that about you either. If that's any, the case. yeah, <laughs> and he kind of says it, but at the same time, you know, it's like, is he just playing that to try to get these people to come out and admit it, or is he really lost it? Well, it's also, and there's also a lot, you know, that's like Hamlet's not the only character that has a lot of questions you can ask about motivations. Yeah. I mean, Claudius, Gertrude, yeah. you know, uh, you know, did 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 Claudius did Claudius do it for the crown or did he do it for the lady uh was gertrude complicit or is gertrude just being led you know yes is polonius the mastermind behold the whole thing or is he just a weird fuddy-duddy you know just like you know everybody you know everybody has uh it's a great actor play because every every character has has a lot of questions that can be asked that aren't necessarily you know, spelled out. I think it would be a role anybody would want to play because you could put your own spin on and so many. Yeah. One of the ones I like the Ethan Hawke version. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Bill I, Murray's Leotes. Bill Murray was uh oh he's Polonius. Oh Polonius. Yeah, he me. was he was real yeah, I, I, I liked him 
I liked Bill Murray. Honestly, I think Bill Murray was one of the only things I liked about. He was sort of like Gen, uh, a Gen Xers, depressed as, Hamlet. As purely an actor thing, I thought the fact that his the big monologues were all like voiceover <laughs> was a huge cop out. It was just like, dude, dude didn't even need to learn the lines. I mean, how can you play Hamlet when you don't need to? He could have been reading all that. Yeah, he it's could, on film. It's on film too, so they could get cut. Well, yeah, but that like, there's a lot of it is voiceover. A lot of it is just like that. You know, it, it, there were there were kind of cool ideas for whenever you're adapting Shakespeare into the modern day, you have yeah. to make choices of what's going to be what. What's you know, first of all, what's going to get cut, and and the number one thing when you're before anything else, before considering casting anything else, if you're if you're putting on a Shakespeare show, edit is is the first thing you need to do, and and if you ever have the opportunity if someone says and you're producing a Shakespeare show and it's most shows except maybe Macbeth because it's very short um, and they say no I don't want to cut a single thing you say you want to think about that again if you don't edit Shakespeare and and that's and I know like there there, there are people that will fight me on this but you know it's just like for bring it on internet yeah Yeah. and that's another thing too especially for like a community theater purely community theater audience you 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 need to, you need to cut the shows down. You need to edit them, and it's and it's purely because our first of all because he did it. <laughs> you know, there's not a definitive version of any one of his shows. He was constantly taking putting things in, taking things out, changing them, shrinking them, making them bigger as he performed them. And what we have, you know, as the folios are, are just are just these are notes taken down by people who saw them. You know, we don't have original manuscripts yeah. of this. We don't know how it was, you know, it's like, so this is, you know, so he did it. So there's no reason not to. And, well, and again, you're not performing this for the Royal Shakespearean Society. You're at a theater in Rochester, New York. So, yeah. yeah. You, know, you like, don't have to be completely historic, historically accurate if, for as if, much as we know. If, about if, it. if, if you want to be, that's, oh, that's fine. Know. But you you have to know that your audience is, if your audience is going to be aware that you're doing a four plus hour version of Hamlet, you're probably not, if they know it, you're probably not getting as big an audience as you want because that's a lot to sit through. That's a thing. Yeah, it can be. One of the things, though, they're timeless, though. His work is just so open to, if you go back even, you could pick anything out of head. All the 1990s, like, teen comedies, oh, yeah. she's all that, they're Shakespeare. Yeah, it's they, Taming they, of the Shrew. It's all based yeah. on Shakespeare yeah. in some way. Because they're archetypal stories. He, yeah. he made, he wrote archetypal stories. He, he, he was informed by archetypal stories. He copied archetypal stories. He rewrote archetypal 100 stories. 100 Acres is a movie in the 80s with Jessica Lange, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jennifer Jason Lee. It was King Lear in the, in the country, basically. Yeah. 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 And King Lear's, and King Lear's another one that gets, that gets done in some form or another, like Empire. Is King Lear, uh, Sons of Anarchy was Hamlet. Game of you Thrones. Know, Game of Thrones is uh, is was first and foremost the War of the Roses. Wars of the Roses uh, informed, you know, you see George R. R. Martin just took you know if you look at Westeros, they just took England and he made it the size of South America, um, and that's what that is. With dragons and a lot of with, yeah with the, with the, yeah and uh, with dragons that may or may not show up. Oh, they show up. They show up. Oh, they show I up. Know. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Daenerys uh, Terror. Come at me, she's internet. My, Daenerys Terror. Gary. She's the the Khaleesi's my favorite character. <laughs> uh, she yeah. Don't uh, watch it. Yeah, the and uh, yeah in the first uh, two and a half books. Um, well, I will say this: while I may not watch it, I am still and always will be a huge Peter Dinklage fan. 
Oh no, he's great. That man can act yes. his ass off. That yeah, he he is he is, yeah he's a national treasure. And it's a oh, cheesy thing to say, but it's true. If he's not, he should be. But his yeah. comedic work is goddamn hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first time I saw him was, uh, I don't know if you've seen Living in Oblivion. Yeah. The Steve Buscemi movie. I, the, so it's a dream sequence, so they got to get a little person? You're just. Like, well, the first time I saw him was the station, or was it the, the station, station agent? Which was a fantastic movie. Tiptoes, yeah. too. Tip-toes. And then after that, I saw I started seeing him in um, like more comedic roles. He was in... Uh, Oh, what the hell was that one? He was actually boss. The boss. Well, wasn't he in? Wasn't he in Elf? Yes, he, the guy he was in Elf. The freaking board. He, goes he was an Elf. <laughs> yeah, but we uh, have you. You're always welcome to come back. But while we have yes, you here, I know please, you like sir. other topics. We'll get Mark down here too sometime. <laughs> we'll have you two do a play for us. We'll cut you off at three and a half hours. Oh yeah, now yeah. But one of the things I know you're into, and we talked a lot about it. We talk about it. You know, I obsessed with this Doctor Who. Oh yeah, so. Doctor Who is probably if if I had to say my all time favorite television show or television series or franchise, of my Star Trek is Doctor Who, without a doubt. Good, bad, old, new. Well, Star Trek, I got that because my grandmother. I got. I remember. Uh, yeah, don't get me. I love Star Trek too. I love. But it. I, I, I don't. I don't have the reverence for it that other people have. Like I really like honest, Discovery. I, I watched. And the, I get why OG Star you know, Trek fans don't. Get, a lot like of people it, get mad about that. I've uh, never watched. I, it I, really. Of all the the arc, I probably was a bigger fan of Deep Space Nine than any other. Deep Space, yeah, actually, Deep Space Nine show, was Deep, a very good show. Deep Space Nine was also was not afraid to like take on the shiny, happy. Uh, uh, Roddenberry future and kind of give it some tarnish. Yeah, yeah. you know because as much as as much as humanity is is evolved, they're they're still humans. They're still going to be at the end. Well, there's the other one. Well, we cannot people. we cannot violate the prime directive. But if we don't do it, we won't have an episode. Let's go violate the prime well, exactly. directive. Well, and that and that in of itself. So, oh look, we're going to get it, home. Oh wait, no, we still have nine more episodes this season. No, we're not. That's why really, Voyager killed itself because you yeah. can't. You know, they're not going to get home. Right. Yeah, unless it's going to be an episodic, like, Gelgen's Island kind of thing, you know, yeah, it's just like they have to, you know. Don't, don't. don't you, you, and, and if you're going to, if you're going to bank the whole series on that and cut off the idea of going home, then that's going to really shoehorn, you, you really, really hamstring you. Everybody could say, like, hey, this is where it starts, and it goes where it goes. But that was coming out of the whole, like, Dude. People, you know, per, yeah. networks wanted episodic television. Well, there was a joke about they Voyager where the starship goes on to a different galaxy. They have the same kind of adventures it has in this galaxy. Exactly. But yeah. for Doctor Who, do you have a favorite? How do you think it's going now? Um, I, I love it. I love how it's going now. I think Jodie Whittaker is great. Um, I, I think, uh, I think the stories are really good. I, I like this new showrunner. I love the companions. I don't like how we have to wait a year. We don't know that season well, comes but out. But they've done that. Before, that's British right? television. Yeah. Right at heart. they don't. Thing. They don't operate like we do. They don't. They Two don't year have these... gap between. In four a way, episodes. that's not bad though. You know, because they can take their time. Get... Well, also, they and have... it makes you really want it to come back. Yeah. Like if it comes back in three months, like oh, this is back on. Uh... But if Amer- it's a year American and a half... television is. They have the too many episodes, and that's what yes. you still more and more of these shows that are becoming prestige show. You notice the season shrink, and then they and also realize the limited series better. too. The limited series too, where they say we're finally done, where they yeah. don't go on when you're going. Well, okay, like, this is ridiculous. Well, like prime example, because you and I are both fans of Luther, which is a great. Yeah. A great show. Oh yeah, with um, Idris Elba. yeah, I'd watched Idris, Idris Elba, Idris Elba like you know walk down the street and just say hi to people for two hours. Yeah. He's I would too. But I think what the fourth, fourth or fifth season of one episode was one or two episodes. Yeah, and that was the season. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. That's another British thing too, especially with like the kind of mystery. Like they have this, this you know the the mystery series were always like. 
you know, the so-and-so mysteries. Midsummer Murders. Yeah, this is like, we're like... Four hour, episodes a season, four, but they were two hours long. were two long hours long. Yeah, so they, yeah, they were like Cumberbatch has said he'll do Sherlock as long as they want. I think they had two episodes. Yeah. yeah. But he keeps doing them. And they're little movies like... Doctor Who, Tom Baker did 42 movies, basically, yeah. if you think about it. Aren't him and Freeman kind of in a, like a, a snit now or something? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like that show. But did you... Oh, God, yeah. For yeah. Doctor Who, though, did you get into it with Tom or did you get into it Yeah, with I mean, I like like a lot of people my age. I'm 47, so um, I I came in uh, PBS, Doctor Tom Baker. Um, you know, I, I saw a Robot 900 times. Did you when catch I was, like, it when they used to have it at six o'clock when they only did the half hour? Did you yeah, catch it at 11:30 when they had the? Movies? Well, yeah. When I was when I was a kid, I would see it uh, at the six o'clock when they would just do the half hours at a time. And when I was like, you know, pre-teens and teens, it was a Saturday night yeah. 11. They play the whole thing. Yeah. And I never saw an entire run of. I never saw an entire run of a Doctor Who episode. From like twelve to fourteen because I could never stay awake because it was just not because it weren't I wasn't enjoying it It was because they were just long and I was tired. Well, I think Robot (laughs) was one of the best intro ones ever. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's why they played it a lot because that's a lot of them. The first episode's always he's whacked out. He's whacked out. We have to get him. Then he pops that by the end. Oh hi, and I'm the doctor, like Jody or whatever. Now she's all fine. Peter Davison, but Tom Baker just goes from the get go. Tries on all the funny outfits. That was hysterical. When he just keeps coming out of the what? No, three or four series like Robot, uh, Ark in Space. All those are like Seeds of Doom. I love Seeds of Doom. Is that the end of the season one? That was like, I think it was a mid. Yeah, Sarah Jane. So uh, I yeah, know. that's one of my all-time favorites. First, like three or four Tom Baker episodes. Yeah. If you want to introduce someone to Doctor Who, classic Doctor yeah. Who, show them those ones because that's you know they're well, so good, they're so fun. Because I actually never watched Doctor Who, but you did. Our friend Mike did. Yeah. A lot of people did. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start watching it from the beginning. And then you got to like, wow, watching it from the beginning is hard because well, one, not, there's not a lot you can find. Oh, see, that's <laughs> the thing. A lot of the audio exists, and there's a, no, yeah. there's the dude on YouTube who I like, uh, who recons. He takes the audio and does CGI recreations. I haven't seen those. I saw I saw yeah, the one. Check them out on. Ha, have you seen the reconstructions they did like in the VHS days? Yeah, those are impossible to watch. Yeah, <laughs> because they were just like still still picture. You'd be like, I'm trying, I'm trying so well, hard. You tried Shada, where they've got it out now, where they show the scenes. Then Tom Baker, he's there and he reads. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, somebody uploaded a couple of them to a yeah, place I find. I, them. I watched that one and it was fun. But um, I'm on uh, season 13, so that's Tom Baker's first season. Uh, robot. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robot. robot. But I, I started with the very first episode with William Hartnell. I like Pertwee, too. Yeah, I think, honestly... Like, um, those first Pertwee episodes, Pertwee, though, when we did like 11 parters, yeah. they oh. wrap it up. Yeah, they were long. He was on there for five years, but he only did 24 episodes. Because so well, the series massive. were very long. And they, and, and they were doing them as they went along. So the yeah. stories went weird places. Like the one I think is Spearhead in Space yeah. is the one where all of a sudden they're in a negative universe yeah, with, like, with the sh- evil brigadier for like five minutes and like, what it, is it, happening? Yeah. <laughs> what was the one that, uh, where they were facing off with Michael Go as a... Uh... Like the collector, whatever his name was, yeah, the, the game master. The game, oh yeah, yeah. I think wasn't was that, he was the a, celestial toy maker? Yeah, the celestial toy was maker. A, it was a four-parter. It was was that Pertwee or was that a? That was Hartnell. That was Hartnell. Hartnell. Okay, it was one of the later Hartnell ones. A uh, one episode exists. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rest is the CGI thing, but it's really weird. It's like it's Alfred. 
I Why? saw the, I saw the animated one they did and they had as a like a fathom event for yeah. it. The one um Oh and that's the thing they're starting to release animated reconstructions. Yeah, And that was fun. That was fun. But and it's one of those shows this when you think of wow, I have a topic this can run forever because we could just change the actors every now and then. You could any story you want. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that was the thing. Like they were, you know, they were like it was a huge risk to be like, well, this is either going to work. Well, or it's it started not. as a children's show. Yeah, it was. It was definitely aimed. The it was longest aimed running longer. science fiction show with that eighteen year period that we didn't do anything, not counting. Even even so, but even you know, if you count, you know, they did a lot of audio they, episodes. They do. Like, there was always something going. There's always been something going on. There's yeah. been the big finished productions. There's been the you yeah, know they do the radio opera, what, yeah. radio operas or whatever they want to call them. But, oh, and yeah. do you know? Also, we have to tell you, we met Terry Malloy, who was Davros. He's got a fixation with his stuffed dog, Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear. Yeah, Monty. Monty. He takes it seriously. He takes it everywhere. He took was it to Niagara Falls. Yeah. Is Terry Malloy, is he the one who... He was Davros with Colin Baker. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But he takes it everywhere. He actually had it redone. Follow him on Instagram. He takes it... He has him wrapped yeah, up in Niagara Falls. There's a picture of, of Terry Malloy and Monty on the Maid of the Mist in Niagara Falls. Monty's got a little rain slicker on, too, and he's like, yeah! Just, he's got his own thing going on. He does he what he wants, and he's a, happy, he's a happy man. But That's I always cool. got into those. And on top of that, series. a very nice human being. Yeah. I have no doubt. I will attest to that. But the other one, too, what are you reading? We talked about comic books a lot, but you were, you were talking about, you were telling me I had to read something that was. Was I? Oh, yeah. boy. I don't know. You uh, wrote to me then. <laughs> what have you been reading? What do you, like, have you still. I, you honestly, I really, I haven't really read comics regularly in years. I was never, like, the only real time that I was regularly reading comics was probably when I was, in, like, up from, like, some grass, something junior high to. to, to, to Oh, I was. I think it was. I think we were talking about the Venture Brothers. Oh, yeah, that was which a, is which is a show. Oh, that's they what did you were a graphic talking about. Model. They did a uh, print Have you version seen Venture of, Brothers. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I was gonna say because there was. I can't remember what oh, it was. Man, if you were posting. I can't remember what it was about, but there was something. There was a there was a funny Venture Brothers take on something that you posted yeah. on, and I can't remember what it was now. It'll come to you. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to you in about an hour. In about an hour, one. Yeah, after we're done. Yeah, I know. Always, but we drive it back. I son of a bitch. I will. Do, well, I'm just gonna go into Rob's feed and I'm gonna find it because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the that's what this stuff possesses my brain, and then I have to know. I do too. I get like some. I know I've been getting Mike Murray, Mike, all these people sending me stuff about the Orville. The Orville is the Orville is okay. It, it's a good show. Don't take it seriously. One because it's no Seth MacFarlane, but people. You know, when it first came out, everybody was bitching about it, like, oh, it's just a parody of Star Wars, and Seth MacFarlane came out, yeah, that's the point. He's well, like, I also grew up with Star, or not Star Wars, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. yeah. Come at me, internet, I don't care. But Whatever. he said it's his homage to Star Trek, the old Gene Roddenberry episodes. Yeah. He, you know, back he, in the day. He's, uh, in, and, and the other thing, too, was it's not, it's not just a, it's not a goofy, it's no. not a, it's not a, um... It's not really a parody. It's not a goofy like yeah. they tell this. They tell it the story straight. They have like a backstory that is and completely there is straight, sprinkled with comedy. Yeah. But unlike the old Star Trek, it was purposeful comedy, and not it, not the fact that it was just so shitty. You had to Plus, it, it refers to a lot of twentieth and twenty first, twentieth, twenty first century stuff. When you really, too. yeah, there's a ton of in jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Why would they still be obsessed with stuff that was around I, in the twenty first century? Sorry, but the best because that's the jokes you understand. But the best line ever was when they take some hits and he yells out damage reports like. We have multiple hull breaches, two engines are down, and Ensign Johnson spilled soy sauce on his pants. <laughs> yeah. Like, he put that in a damage report? I would say, yeah. I didn't watch we it much, but people. it sounds a lot of ways that it was akin to the British version of The Office, which was very 
they would just play it like right. it, was, it was dry. Yeah, it was yeah, very it's dry. It's a dry, you, witty humor. You had to not, you had to put a ridiculous person in a in a in a real place. Yeah, it's not overt know. fart jokes. Yeah, no, all the time. And when it is, and when and when, and when it, it tries is, it, to be, it, but when it know. when it tries to be, it's one person doing it, and everybody looking at them like they're out of their goddamn mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like what? anytime Bordis does something, but he do, inserts it's one of the alien characters who has no sense of humor. Yeah, so he inserts himself into these weird situations, plays it deadpan, and it's goddamn hilarious. And they introduced a character to 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 comment upon modern uh, sexual and gender politics. Without taking a quote unquote side, yeah. or just presenting it as it is, this is a race of of all they're male. all males, um, they, and they they've basically bred themselves to be all male. They can reproduce, um, but if any if whenever a female is born, they reassign them. They reassign well, their gender. That's the beauty of sci-fi. Yeah. A lot of ways is we it, could talk about really controversial things. A different planet has this right. issue. In yeah, well, that, that was make an alien though, out of it, yeah. and nobody gets angry. The left hand exactly. of God, Ursula Gwynn's book, where they're the different sexuality and everything. Yeah. it's got all these issues. So yeah. that's very good for sci-fi. All, all I think this, too. all these quote-unquote new issues that have been around for since man has existed. Yeah. Oh, you ever go back and when I, like you go back to some of these old campaign things from the it's the same crap. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same shit. Taxes. Yeah, but, yeah. I actually was watching first season of All in the Family and some of the stuff oh, they talk about, show. and the going, fact it's that the they... same the same crap now we've done nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. People are people are shitty. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, people are shitty. Yep. Um, you want to come back do this again? Absolutely. Yeah. This is all well that ends well then. Yeah. So oh, this was yes. this was your that's the, that's the extent of my um, Shakespearean. I, I'm gonna throw one more nerdy. I don't I don't know you if you I don't I don't know if you've ever if you've ever tackled this kind of things or these kind of people or otherwise. I'm a huge like tabletop role playing guy. We had Tommy Fred, Tommy Walsh. We had an episode on it. Okay. I, yeah, I, I am always up to talk about that kind of stuff. If anybody, it, oh, it, we'll have Jan. We'll do one. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and eventually, I, uh, eventually, I, I have get an idea to the point for where we can broadcast own. us playing games. Oh, dude, I, I want to get. Too. I want to get especially some of our, some of our more eclectic guests playing cards against humanity. <laughs> oh, but we also just to have, see Jeff Bauman throw down a car and say pixelated. Bukaki, he's one of our shyer guys. We try to. Get them to speak out more. Now you'd be welcome to talk about one. I'll get in touch with you. Find a day you can come and talk. Yeah, about absolutely. It. And the I'll, other thing I'll talk is, I'm down to talk about anything. But I'm if down you're a clown, guys, down to clown. No, we nah. have we have an evil clown. No, here. yeah. We oh evolve. God, yeah, I heard about that. We can yeah. talk to him. But again. the other one too is we have. This might be bad. We're going to get where we can pipe people in, and he's going to. I'm going to be the referee. He's going to talk about Magic the Gathering with his cousin. Luckily, oh, he's Lord. he's in Ohio yeah, but now, because it's going to be a but fight. now because of Magic the Gathering Arena, we've been playing each other on the phone, and now. All right, internet. If you're if you're a little squeamish about language, cover your ears. <laughs> we were playing the other day, and I'm on the phone with him because you know you can't. There's no typing options in this game. So he plays out, lays down a monster card, and I immediately destroy it. And then there's a, a pause over the phone, and then I hear, uh, you, sir, are a cunt. Whoa! <laughs> and it's like, dude, we need to start live-streaming this. <laughs> this <laughs> this is comedy gold, guys. You cannot like, Because it's not what you say. It's sometimes the it's delivery. The and it was, like, you couldn't have written it any better for a movie. I, I, I got it. I got into that right at the beginning and got out of that right when I needed to. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, well, be glad to. But no, yeah, yeah. we'll do table because that's something I want to tackle more. is tabletop yeah. gaming. Thanks for braving St. Pat's Day. We had some guests oh, who were dude, scared, I, who were terrified to come out today. <laughs> I, I, and it's right. That's my, you know, my name. Great, but I, 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 I hate this holiday for so well, many. Well, you know, reasons. it's ball anyways in yeah. Ireland. Well, this it's it's, English, it's celebrating the, the. This is not going to come out that day, but we're taping out day. Yeah. Full disclosure. Breaking that up. Uh, breaking that illusion. Fourth there. wall. Um. I, I I don't I am not a fan of public drunkenness. Yeah. Um, I have nothing against. If, I, I I'm not a you know I'm not a teetotaler. No, we're not about, the piss types. But yeah. I don't I, I I it's 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 dangerous. Um, it's, That's the thing, and, and it's, it's not, not just dangerous fun. for you; it's dangerous for everybody yeah. around you. And plus, um, you're looking at two veterans who worked at bars who had to work the damn day. Oh Christ, God! I Parade can, I, day. I, you shit medals. That's what you need. I mean, you talk. No, but it's you, people well, that I would get angry on normal Saturdays. Ridiculous. Well, it's also also people feel like people people feel like it gives them license to be an just be complete pieces of shit, and there it's just it like is. yeah, but it's just and it's also like you go back to the very core of it. You're celebrating the guy who basically brought Christianity to Ireland, ruined the place. Okay, ruined the place. I have to say it. I'll have to do one bad joke. <laughs> so this this atheist goes on tour to Ireland. He's getting stuck at the border in Northern Ireland, and they're they're asking him all these questions. So. They finally go, you know, religion, Catholic or Protestant. He goes, what's your religion, Catholic or Protestant? He goes, atheist. He goes, but a Catholic or Protestant one. <laughs> well, Pretty no, much, yeah. I'll that's close it out with one more. The Pope and the Queen are standing up, and the Queen says, I can make every English person in this crowd go wild with a wave of my hand. The Pope says, prove it. She waves her hand, and the English crowd goes insane. The Pope says, I can beat that. I can make every Irish person in this crowd go wild simply with a nod of my head. She said, I'd like to see that. So the Pope turns and he headbutts her. <laughs> and on that, we better... And on that... <laughs> go have a, don't have a shamrock yeah, shit. Song, on that, <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Upsitnik and Associates, lawyers Who we're going to need. <laughs> who we're going to need because yeah. the internet's coming for me. Lawyers for us, for me, the people, from Alaska to Hawaii, Alaska to the Supreme Court, all points in between. Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook. Upsitniklaw.com. Pat, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, uh, go see. Uh, yeah, I know he's got nothing. To I got nothing to plug myself, but uh, eventually, go, go, well, we it, yeah, when you have it, something to plug, come go on. Go see back. anything. Go see community theater. Go see anything. There's, there's stuff going on who now. That, stuff uh, coming up. Who was the company you really like? There's tons of uh, out of pocket out of, productions. Out of pocket out of productions. productions. They'll have a show coming up soon. Uh, I believe called uh, Apocalypse Barbecue, uh, which sounds awesome. Um, uh, DVC, my friends at DVC, they're going to be doing a show this summer. I'm, I'm hopefully I, I, hope I might be involved. Um, is Method Machine? Uh, they I, still I, do stuff every now and then. Yeah, um, whoever. Dave Henderson, uh, they do. Then remember when Fringe Fest comes up? I, I don't know what's going there. on. It's Shakespeare stuff's going on in the summer. I know that they're uh, Shakespeare players are doing Comedy of Errors this fall. That's the um, one I saw at Shakespeare in the Park. Actually, yeah, well, they did it a couple of times. Well, we hope they have Mark Casey on sometime. He was busy today. Yeah, I'm glad after hearing this he didn't show up. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> He's but working, you are welcome hard, back, yeah. obviously, to talk the gaming thing or whatever yeah, you want. No, I, and the I, one anything. thing we play, we're not playing because we don't want to get sued. But if you've never heard it, when this comes out, I'll put it on our site. Richard Thompson, the British thing, yeah. he did Hamlet in less than four minutes of the song. <laughs> so it's called Hamlet. He does the play yeah. in under so four minutes. So look for that in the comment so, section on Facebook. Yay. So we'll put that up when this episode comes out because we can't play it. He'd sue our ass. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that. But otherwise, it's been fun. And the play's been the thing. And play's been let's the go thing. fly home to Rochester from England now. Yeah. 063. My arms are going to be tired. Uh, On that one, we'll see you later. (laughs)